If you're always only scrolling, you're missing out. You're consuming. You're basically just benefiting uh, the company and the people who are creating, but why not flip it around and become the creator? Welcome to Rep Your Brand, a podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to build their career through a strong personal brand. Rep Your Brand is hosted by Nick Bennett, one of LinkedIn's top voices on field marketing and personal branding. In each episode, Nick captures stories on how to overcome the challenges marketers face with growing their brand. So if you're a marketer looking to open doors and create opportunities that you never thought were possible, then listen in to get tangible tips and strategies to build your very own personal brand. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Rep Your Brand, a podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to build their careers through a strong personal brand. I'm Nick Bennett and this podcast is brought to you by my friends at Motion. They're a done-for-you podcasting service for scrappy marketing teams and B2B tech. They're two of the nicest guys around as well and the work that they do is truly world-class. You can find them at motionagency.io. Today, our guest is Andreas Johnson, CEO and co-founder at Shield. Andreas is someone that I personally really wanted to have on as the first inaugural guest because it's someone that has done a ton for me from a personal branding standpoint, and he really has made me think what personal brand is and how do you elevate yourself through personal brand. So Andreas, thank you for joining me today. I'm absolutely thrilled. Hey, Nick. Thanks for having me today. It's, uh, it's an honor being here. Amazing. So to give our audience some background on yourself, can you tell us about some of your past experience, what you're up to right now at Shield, all in about 60 seconds? All right, I'll give it a go. So um, all the way back, I was a high, high school dropout. I later got my degrees at university around product design, service design, then ventured into entrepreneurship even since a young age, but I focused on school later. And fast forward to a couple of you know twists and turns on the entrepreneurial journey, I ended up at Shield, where we are on this uh, amazing journey, empowering people to, to build their personal brands. And, and yeah, you know, I'm actually a user of Shield. I could not recommend it more. And so for the people that aren't aware of what Shield is, can you tell us a little bit about what you do and how you help people elevate their personal brands? Absolutely. So at Shield, the core mission is to empower people to build and grow their personal brands. And the reason for that is we have realized and experienced firsthand how growing a personal brand will benefit you in multiple ways, even unimaginable ways. So once we realized that and we saw people doing it, we figured that doing that on LinkedIn and bringing data into the mix and empowering people to use their data to become even better and stronger and build their brands faster. That was something we wanted to be part of. So that's that's what we do uh, at Shield. We have this dashboard with uh, all your content, performance metrics, your profile stats, your network growth and everything from LinkedIn, which in my opinion is uh, the primary platform to to build and drive and, and, and grow your personal brand. Yeah, absolutely, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's where a lot of people start their, their personal brand journey is, is LinkedIn. At least it's been like that for me. And I've talked to some other yeah. people that started off on Twitter, trying to move over to mm-hmm. LinkedIn, um, I'm going to kind of switch things up a little bit, but you know, what's your what's your ideology around should you start on LinkedIn? Should you start what social platform should you start on? I would say it 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 it's all contextual. It all depends at the end of the day. But generally speaking, I think most people would benefit from being on LinkedIn. 
And there are uh, multiple reasons for that. One of them is, of course, the uh, the amazing organic reach. And you know this. I see you all the time in the feed. So so I know you know it. But but a lot of people don't know this. But the organic reach on LinkedIn is is you know crazy good. And that's, you know, alone a reason why LinkedIn is a good platform to start out on. Now, it, of course, depends on what you do and what you're trying to achieve. So if you are a creator, uh, an artsy person or something like that, uh, maybe a, a different platform would, would be better for you. But again, it depends on the audience you're trying to reach and, and the impact you're trying to have. But LinkedIn, definitely a good place to start. Most people can join the conversation out of the blue, starting from scratch, just jumping in there, start posting, start commenting. So definitely my platform of choice. And so you're you're pretty active on LinkedIn, obviously. You have almost 15,000 followers on there. So, you know, you're doing an amazing job with that. What are a few pieces that are key pieces that you feel have really helped you grow organically? Yeah, I think for me, the first while I was on LinkedIn, and we're talking months here, if not years, I was a passive user of the platform. I, I didn't go to LinkedIn to, to read the feed or consume or engage or anything like that. So I was sort of, you know, stumbling into this and, and I was realizing that people were actually posting and, and I realized that people were, you know, posting frequently and consistently and they were always getting good engagement. And, and I wonder, like, what's going on here? So fast forward to to answering your question my first sort of thing that i think helped me uh, build my following was establishing a habit of posting so what i mean by that is you sort of get into this consistent flow of putting content out on linkedin and don't mistake consistency with frequency right it doesn't mean you have to post every day but you have to establish a habit and i did that and it clearly shows so let me just uh, pull out some numbers for you here. So in, in 2019, I, I posted 136 times, right? So that wasn't a whole lot. I upped that in 2020 with to 250 posts in 2020. So it, it was an increase in my posting activity for, for around uh, 85%. But all my other metrics on the platform, so views, likes, engagement in general, uh, my followers, they grew by 400%, right? And I attribute that not only to building a habit, but, but at least, you know, focusing on building a habit, being consistent on the platform at a frequency that I can sustain, which is now, you know, uh, two out of three days I, I look to post. So, so oftentimes skipping weekends or something like that. So that's sort of my, my number one um, for sure. Establish a habit of posting. And, and so that's that you, you actually bring up a really good point because a lot of people will ask me, should I be posting every day? And I think the piece that you said of consistency and frequency, like for me, I post Monday through Friday. It, it, it works for yeah. me. Some people, it doesn't work for them. Like how, what would you recommend as a starting point for people that do want to, to begin their journey? How many times should they be posting per week? And if they're not posting, what should they be doing? I know engagement is a big piece of it as well. Yeah, I would say again, and, and this is something I, I always fall back on, and, and that's uh, it's very contextual. So if you're someone who's never posted to LinkedIn before, if I tell you to post every day, you're never going to manage. You're not gonna build that habit overnight and you'll be exhausted in, in your attempt uh, to reach that point of posting every day. Another uh, piece of advice for someone not posting today would be post once a week or once every other week. So start building the habit of posting. And, and this is something I've discussed previously, both in my own content and, and on, on other shows that 
that people they overthink it, right? They think and they have to do all of these things. They have to add value, whatever that means, right? They have to be consistent. They have to post a lot. They have to be known for one thing, and you know all of this that just you know、uh, more questions for for them to answer before even getting into the feed. And I'm all about getting into the feed, right? And figure out what works. So for me, any advice would always be: do something you feel like you can sustain. Get that first small win, whether that's posting weekly or biweekly.、Uh, what makes sense to you? And when you start out, you won't. And this is no offense to anyone; I was there myself. But no one's really going to get any amazing reach and engagement once they first start out. So it's a good testing grounds just to get in there and get some posts out and and see what it's like to actually post, and then take it up from there. Couldn't agree more with that. That I I know when I started out back in like March of, of 2020, like I was getting basically no engagement. I was getting kind of maybe four、yep. or five likes, and, and you know I I thought okay, but the consistency really paid off for me, and that brings me to kind of my next point because you you posted about this recently. It was like、mm-hmm. a three step checklist, and so it resonated a ton with me because the first step was am I adding value、mm-hmm. and is the value clear. And this is something that I talk to a lot of people about because they're afraid that they can't add value to、mm-hmm. the content that they are posting. So, how would you explain to others that are looking to grow their personal brands what type of value are they providing, and is it clear? Because I think it's key for a lot of people, and that's where they fall off because they aren't、yeah. sure if they can actually. Yeah, do it's, that. A, it's a good question. Like, what what does adding value mean? And I think first of all, I, I want to sort of press pause on that whole principle of adding value. Back to my previous point that it's more about Getting into the feed, right? But we already talked about that, so, so I'm not going to repeat myself. But I think that's key, right? Just get into the feed and figure out what value is. I, I often draw a parallel to to startup life, right? We're running a company here. We're trying to figure out what value is for our customers and users. So for people just like yourself, Nick, like what is what is it that Shield can do for you that is most value adding? That's where we want to go, right? But we don't know upfront, so we have to try stuff. Right, so I would say that that's sort of the the scientific way to go about adding value. That's figuring it out, and I'm I'm sure that most people would have a pretty good idea of at least a a certain area where they could add value. Right, that could be、uh, you know within their profession or within their industry or within their expertise, whatever that may be. But back to your question, so. Adding value is contextual. It depends on the audience. It depends on on the person、uh, creating the content. So for yourself, Nick, you're pioneering field marketing, right? You're the only one in my feed about field marketing and even mentioning the term, and and I'm learning from you about that. And I imagine your peers in marketing and sales also they are learning a ton from you because you bring in your own experiences from the position that you also discuss, like field marketing, and you just share your journey, your thoughts, and how to build personal brands on top of that. If you're in marketing. So for anyone in marketing and sales, you are adding a ton of value, but maybe not towards a different audience, right? Because why would they learn about field marketing when they are, you know, developing something over here in hardware, right? So it depends really on on the audience and the person speaking. For myself, I'm trying to grow this company. We're bringing analytics to LinkedIn. We're helping people build their personal brands. So. What's value adding for my audience is is about personal branding, about LinkedIn, about taking the leap, about starting to post, doing all of those things that I know for a fact will benefit most people, if not everyone. So, so that's sort of my mission, right? And the way I try to add value. 
So people sort of have to, to, to figure out for themselves, like, what is my unique role in all of this? What is it that only I can contribute with? And that's most often, you know, a combination of being you and then talking about your profession, your job, the pains and struggles out there in your field. That's, that's literally perfect. And so it's, it's, I, first, I appreciate your kind words, but it, it kind of brings me to a next piece. And this is something that I'm somewhat struggling with because I talk about a very niche topic, field marketing. No one else mm-hmm. that, at least that I know of, even in field marketing um, on LinkedIn is, is talking about it. And so what are your thoughts on staying niche with the content you post? Because for me, if I want to move out from talking about field marketing to something else, I, I, I have a feeling that I will lose part of my following. And, and that's okay. I understand that you have to lose followers to, to gain followers, but mm-hmm. I don't want to be an expert in everything. I like to stay within my, my lane, so to say. And so how can marketers carve a path for themselves, especially as they get more mm-hmm. active on LinkedIn, when they don't know specifically what niche they should be talking about? Yeah. I, I, it's a really good question. I, I, I don't think there's a clear cut answer, but, but my take on it is, is, is this. I'm slightly opposed to the niche down on one topic or one thing and be known for that. I think we're all uh, complex human beings. And I think that the more angles or perspectives we, we show of ourselves, the, the better and, and, and the easier it becomes for someone to, to say, yes, I'm going to follow Nick. I'm going to follow Andreas because I like the person and not only the content they're putting out. So for you in, in, in field marketing and marketing in general, I mean, that's your passion, right? And, and that shows when you talk about it. But that does not mean you don't have value to add in, in different kinds of conversations. It also does not mean that you wouldn't be able to draw from some other experience and bring it into marketing, right? And that's what I mean by niching down. So, or not niching down, sorry. So, so you can talk about field marketing all day, but if that's all you do, then you really have to shine through as a person, as a charismatic individual for people to, you know, really lean into, to, uh, to you and your brand. But if you show more angles of yourself, if you go on different media, if you do different content types, I think all of that will sort of add to to your persona, so to speak, to your personal brand to make it more holistic. And there, there was some people on my content who, who talked about the Kardashians and how we should not all become crazy influencers. And the reason why celebrities and reality stars have a lot of uh, people following them is because they open up completely, right? I'm not saying that's what we all should do, but I'm saying we know how they act, how they behave and who they are, uh, not only uh, in relation to one thing, but in relation to everything that comes at them, right? So that this gives us, uh, you know, a full whole person to follow. And that's very appealing. So again, I'm not saying share all of your personal life, but I'm sharing, uh, I'm saying be you, right? And, and you know, let your thoughts out there and, and don't only talk about one thing uh, because after all, um, people are going to expect it's not going to have this interesting uh, sort of aha. Uh, he's also thinking of doing that. But yeah, that would be my advice uh, regarding that. And so I, I agree with that. And that's something that I'm personally in 2021 that I'm trying to work on. So I'll definitely be taking your advice about that piece of it. So let, let's let's talk about metrics. I know what Shield tracks. I use it every single day. It's an amazing product. Mm-hmm. But what should what are the key metrics that content creators should be looking at when they post on LinkedIn? What are things that you personally look at every single day um, within Shield and just within LinkedIn in general? Yeah. 
It's it's also a good question. I mean, I think before looking at any metrics or any data, we need to sort of establish within ourselves some sort of expectation or some sort of, you know, what are we hoping to achieve here? Because just looking at metrics, we're going to look at the biggest number and we're going to, you know, tie us all to that and try to grow views, for example. And that, and then the conversation ends up around vanity metrics and what is it even worth and so forth. So I would rather say, like, what are we hoping to achieve by being on LinkedIn, like in the first place? Then I would uh, go a step deeper saying, like, what are we trying to achieve with our content? So what are you trying to achieve? What am I trying uh, to achieve? And once we have those sort of things in place, then we can start looking at metrics to see, okay, if I want to grow my company, if I want an engaged audience, maybe I should look at comments, right? I want to drive that metric. And if you just uh, want to grow awareness of your brand, maybe views is, is what you're going for, right? So so it, it really depends. So for me, what I do is um, I always go to Shield and look at my recent post. So the most recent post I made, I go onto that one as soon as I post it and I look it up in Shield. Because what I can do is I can follow the speed metrics, the actual traction of the post. So I can see how many views per hour is this post getting. And I can see that accelerating. At some point, I can see that it sort of uh, deaccelerates again. It, it loses speed. Then maybe someone comes along and engages with the post and it picks up traction again. It gets a boost in views and more people come into the post and the post is still alive. But then I monitor this uh, and now I sort of know how long my posts uh, live in the feed. And then towards the expected you know, point of, of, of the post dying, I go in and check the speed. And if it's still going, I don't have to post again. I don't want to cannibalize my own post or anything of the sorts. So I just leave it be. And once it hits like 100 views per hour or something like that, then I know it's time to post again. I need a post picking up momentum, picking up traction, taking space in the feed because this other previous post is, is, is getting out of there real quick. So that's one of the key things I look at daily, or at least in, in, in the hours and, and days following a post. So the second thing is I look at my audience demographics. So for me, it's it's kind of key that I target the, the regions of the world where I, I want to do business, for example, where I want to attract customers, where I know um, for a fact that there are a lot of customers and a lot of people using LinkedIn. So that's the US, for example. So that uh, knowing that I want to target uh, a region like that, the audience demographics is key for me to always make sure that my content is actually uh, getting to the to the regions where I wanted to 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 go, um, and reach the people with the right occupations as well that are relevant to me. So audience demographics and and the post traction are sort of my top two, and this is a daily thing, you know, because I try to post daily. So these are things I can always go and look at. Then to get more of a like take the pulse, I would say, of my progress on LinkedIn, I go to my last four weeks. So this is always a rolling period of time, last four weeks. Um, and I look at my averages. So I look over the last four weeks and that is always on shield compared to the previous four weeks before that. So we're looking at an eight, eight week period. And if my most recent four weeks are better than the four weeks before that across the metrics that I care about, then I'm progressing and that's good. 
So that means I'm on track, I'm doing the right thing. And then, you know, from there, it's about figuring out. So what did I do in those four weeks that was actually improving my metrics and then do more of that? I'll take that topic up on a on a show like this or something of the sorts to, to boost that growth even further. So looking at recent posts and the traction to see when I need to post again, audience demographics to make sure that I target the, the audience that I feel like I can add value to and who I want to do business with or otherwise uh, get in touch with. And then uh, my averages over the last four weeks to make sure that I'm on track, improving my metrics that that in turn improve and grow my business. Amazing. That's that's fantastic advice. And I know a lot of the, the listeners for, for this show are our Shield users as well. So I think that'll be great advice. And for people that are looking for Shield, I think it'll be awesome as well. So I, I wanna I wanna touch on something that I see a lot of people talk about on LinkedIn, and mm-hmm. that's the algorithm. Yes. So what are your Personally, I've always written for what I want to write. I don't care about any algorithm. I don't care, at the end of the day, how many views it really gets. Engagement is the key metric for me that I look mm-hmm. at. And so what are your thoughts on the algorithm? Should people be writing content for the algorithm? Should they be writing content for themselves? Like, what, What's your viewpoint on that? Yeah, I think uh, the algorithm, I mean, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about the algorithm, not when I create content. I'm super curious about the algorithm in general, because that is ultimately what makes or breaks a platform like like LinkedIn, especially the social uh, part of it. So so the algorithm in, in, in its essence is supposed to bring you the, the right content at the right time, whatever the, that means to anyone. So trying to pander to the algorithm, doing things that it likes for example is 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 a hack right it's it's only going to get you so far what will get you uh, really far uh, over time as well is quality content for the right audience right so if you back to the value so if you post about something that's you know close to you you're passionate about something you know something about as well but also question and 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 ignorant about it on on, on some levels right we all are then that's uh, much more interesting. And I think over time, you'll beat the algorithm by doing so because you're going to have a compounded effect of your consistency that will just add people to your following, add people to your content, and more people will engage, more people will reach your profile and figure out who you are and start following you across platforms as well. So I think that it's it's much better to 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 stop thinking about the algorithm. I mean, LinkedIn, it's a huge company. They have a lot of engineers. It's not just one algorithm in a box somewhere. It's a lot of tech playing together that's being fed all these kind of inputs of you and I having a DM every now and then, you and I liking each other's content, commenting, writing our own content and so forth. And you know, in, in the perfect world, the algorithm feeds on all of that and figures out what content should I show this person next, right? So trying to figure out the algorithm is, you know, some <laughs> a losing battle. Um, and I'd much rather spend my time focusing on content that would will add value. Absolutely amazing. So I, I love everyone that works at Shield. I know your team has been been growing, which is fantastic. The growth is amazing. And so something that I've always been really interested about is how companies basically double down on their employees to grow their own personal brand. So I know I know a lot of the, the people on your team, they they post regular content. It's amazing content. But you know, how would you how how do you invest in allowing your employees to grow their own brands? Because at the end of the day, it's the way I've always viewed it is it's a win win. It's a win for the company, it's a win for that person, both from a growth perspective and a career perspective. So I'm I'm interested in your thoughts around that. 
Absolutely. And you're, you're totally right, Nick. It's, it's benefiting both the individual, first and foremost, I would say. And then it's benefiting the company tremendously, right? So for, for me, and, th- and this is the way I discovered this whole space to begin with, the, the, the employee advocacy angle, the corporate influencer angle. That's how I got to know that you could even be active on LinkedIn. I mean, I knew, but that's how I realized. So, so for us here at Shield, I jumped straight in when we were just Alexander, my co-founder and I, I just started posting to LinkedIn. I just wanted to explore what is this all about? I'm doing everything I'm telling other people to do now to, to sort of get going, just get in the feet, figure it out uh, as you go and then, then plan out uh, along the way. So people we bring into Shield, I'm trying to incentivize them to do the same. And the reason for that is I've seen firsthand on, on myself, on my, with my own personal brand, how it's benefiting me, how it's benefiting the company, how it's benefiting the people that are close to me because they are enabled through me. Like I have to hand off certain things that I get inbound on LinkedIn because I don't have the time any longer to do all of those great things and, and take care of all those opportunities that come my way. So I'm trying to relay that to, that to them saying, hey, you may start from whatever point today, but surely you can build it up and become a, a force to be reckoned with. I mean, we all start from, from zero connections when we create a LinkedIn profile. None of us are any, any special, right? We're just, you know, talking about it, talking about what we're passionate about, trying to add value to people using that good old term that we, we discuss plenty right now. I mean, we're doing that in Shield. We're trying to incentivize people. We're not forcing anyone. If you don't want to post, I mean, it's 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 of course a a kind of weird uh, role to be in a company that's all about posting and 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 growing your personal brand and then not really doing it. But but for some people, it takes time to mature and 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 understand the space, and that's fine. Others jump straight in and just post every day. I mean, we have people at Shield who post more often than I do, and and you know that also puts me in a position where I'm like, okay, I need maybe to post more, right? Because these people are picking up the speed, and we're going. To to have this internal sort of healthy competition around it as well and these are some of the things that we try to to, to bring into the organizations that want to adopt shield who who see uh, great brands on, on linkedin like uh, like drift like clary that you you sort of introduced us to as well and and when they see those companies they see these employees who are just posting to linkedin every day and who are always there in the comments and 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 the companies who do not do that, they, they think to themselves like, oh, how do we go about this? Like, do we enforce rules that you have to post? Uh, do we put it in job listings that it's a requirement or how do we do it? But for me, it's, it's more like the, the incentive to, to, and motivation to find your own belief in this, your own reasons, whatever those could be, get a new job, a promotion, make your job easy and make your life easy and sales marketing, whatever it is by connecting with people. So find sort of your own, uh, rationale behind posting to LinkedIn, not because someone tells you to do it. I think that's the key. That's that's incredibly well said. So, you know, nothing, nothing's perfect in life. And I know we've talked about a lot of positive things now, but from, from your standpoint as, as a CEO of a company, you know, on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, what do you find to be your biggest challenges and, and how are you overcoming it, both from a personal brand perspective, but also from, you know, being a, a co-founder of a company? Yeah, so it's a great question. Biggest challenge and, and how to overcome that. So, so for me, I think, I think I'm, I'm a bit of a masochist like that because I, I chose to, to, 
to go down the entrepreneurial uh, route and that's uh you know all about challenges all the time and especially in my role in in a company like this so now we're 20 months on the commercial journey of shield and and 10 of them have been through the pandemic as well so i think my biggest challenge is is navigating the very uncertain and unpredictable climate of things and and you know pulling it all together making people thrive in the company so we can we can sustain the growth and everything that people are motivated to to put in the extra work and then at the same time you know we're also a bootstrapped company so we rely on our customers uh, paying us and and the only growth that we that we're seeing is is going to come from customers and customer revenue so you know all of that is is sort of the the challenge of the day every day and and not so much around my personal brand but if we zoom in on that which was part of the question as well i struggle creating content as as odd as it may sound because the the perfectionist in me wants to add value wants to you know really niche down and and talk way more about personal branding to become this thought leader in the space but then on the other hand i you know hear myself speak and and talk about not doubling down on one niche and and i try to create some other content and see would that then fit in and so forth so i have all these uh thoughts too that my content is not, is not good enough is it adding value is it the right time am i messing up here and, and stuff like that but it's all in our heads i mean no one's perfect you said it yourself it's absolutely true and certainly i'm not perfect i'm just trying uh, and and trying my best and that's all we can ever do i think that's uh that's sort sort of it i you know, I write a lot. I write a lot of content that never gets published. But then later I review it. I get some bits and pieces and then I, I work on that. And that's also how I, I tackle any type of challenge in, in the company or in my life in general. You know, I think for a while I, I write, I, I, uh, I play things out hypothetically and, and then I take action. You know, at the end of the day, that's what matters. Taking action, understanding what, what's happening, observing, seeing what your, what the consequences of action, of your actions are and then uh, act accordingly, adapt. I think, uh, we are humans are quite capable of that. That's, that's spot on. It's something that, that I've also struggled with the, the content piece because I mean, think about it. Like we're, we're posting content every single day and it's just like, yeah. you're trying to come up with, are short posts going to work better than long posts? Are, you know, talking about personal stories. That's something that's worked for me. Personal stories seem to really resonate with yeah. people. And then it's, it's, it's the whole, you know, what do you talk about every single day, week after week, month after month? And that's something that I've personally yes. struggled with. And for me, when it gets to the point where it's not fun anymore, that's when I'll, mm-hmm. I'll step away because it's just... It's, it's a side hustle for me. Like I, I enjoy posting content on LinkedIn. I have nothing to sell. I'm branding myself, which is open doors. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. there's so many people that are selling services and things and that's how yeah. they're doing it. But for me, it's just something that I find, I find interesting. So I think you, you nailed yeah. it with that piece of it. Um, so, but I think with, okay. can I interrupt yeah. you real quick? So with you, Nick, for me, it's, it's like, I'm not a field marketeer, right? Of course I do marketing and I think about marketing, but that's not the reason why I follow you and I, I consume your content. The, the reason why I follow you and I consume your content at this point is because it's you, right? And that's the interesting part. So if you can get to that part and, and you as in everyone, if someone, if you, if I can get to the part where people follow us as people and not because of the content we put out. So what I'm saying by this is that if you swap to TikTok or you go all in on Clubhouse and you can drag people over there because it's you, even though you talk about something else or you mix it up, 
then you've built a, something truly unique and and valuable and that's in in my book the ultimate goal of personal branding it's to to you know get to a point where people they just want to see you it's almost like like having fans without having a an, an uneven balance in, in terms of of who's best or anything like that but but more like people just follow you so i follow you if you get a job in in whatever wherever change your career totally i would follow you still right and that's what i think uh, people should also have in mind that they are we are not our jobs we're not our roles uh, at present moment it's a big part of our lives but we are who we are and we're interesting as people which is why everyone could could post a linkedin even if you're a graduate a student if you're uh, an intern you have a unique perspective right and if you can tell stories and if you engage with people uh, and and do all of those things then people are going to to follow you regardless you don't have to be gary v to to be a personal brand and if you look at him people definitely do follow him regardless of the platform he's on so he's reached this uh, this uh, level of 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 influence uh, like a legendary level where people don't care they just want to listen to what he has to say um, and i think that's the the true power and and sort of end destination of, of personal branding and I, i think like you said it's it's all about the individual and that's that's something for me like i'll just if i if i like the individual as a person and hopefully when when they are posting content it's coming off as authentic because if yeah. I, i would hate to engage with someone's content get to understand how they are online as a person but then if i ever talk to them face to face they would be completely different from that and so yes. i think it's it's being authentic is something that is key to that as well but that is you know spot on i couldn't have said it better myself like the authenticity that that the fact that you can see this person in the content every time is key right so if you I feel like I know you, right? Just from consuming your content, which is super interesting, right? And and I think that is like the the highest level of authenticity. The highest level of authenticity is is in my opinion not posting about your personal life, your kids, or or your vacations, right? That's I mean you can do that, but I I would probably suggest you you, you do that on another platform, but. But being able to see you in the content, you can see that by the emojis you choose, right? You can see that by the way you, you format a text post, right? I always have this, this check with my own post, like, it, it, does this look and sound like me if I don't look at my name and avatar? Would I be able to identify this post as my own, right, before I post? Because then it is uh, authentic to me, right? And hopefully the people who know me or, or talk to me, they can they can see that too, that yeah, I wrote this. I didn't have someone write it for me. I wrote this, right? That's why it's authentic. So I think you're spot on with that. Uh, definitely, Nick. Amazing. So I think we're coming up on time. So I wanted to close with just a few last questions here for you because I, sure. I want to be cognizant of your time as well. And so what's your favorite resource that you rely on to, to kind of keep up to speed and keep your brand fresh? It's a good question. So my first thought was people, people being my, you know, key resource. And maybe it's due to my training from school, but the whole customer human centric mindset is, is how I, you know, live and breathe. And what do I mean by that? So for me to keep myself on my toes, for me to keep shield fresh, for me to, you know, always try to steer in the right direction with the projects we have going on, I, I have to be in touch with the market. 
and the, the market at large. So not just people buying from us, but people in general out there. So the people we sell to, the people who know us, the people who follow my content, I need and thrive on the engagement and reading comments and asking people questions and taking questions and being challenged on my thinking. So it, it all starts with, you know, people around me. So my colleagues every day, amazing people who always challenge my thinking, right? Then the second layer, customers, users of Shield. Then everyone, including yourself on LinkedIn, you know, engaging with my content, always giving me input. And all of that is, is my key resource to do what I do. Uh, and fortunately so, I mean, otherwise we would uh, rely on, on, on only me trying to come up with all of this and uh, uh, that, that wouldn't go well. Um, I, I, I'd much rather, uh, you know, engage with people and, and figure it out like so. What is your key resource? Quick question back. I'm sure I'm curious now. Yeah, yeah, no, I love that. So for for me, I don't read many books, and so a lot of people talk about marketing books, and that's how you you elevate yourself. Mm-hmm. For me, it, it's it's LinkedIn. Honestly, that's how I get most of my information. That's how I learn. That's how I yeah. feel like I elevate myself as a marketer because I like to 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 go with like minded people within my circle. I don't like negativity. I like everything mm-hmm. that, that has to do with positive. I understand not everything can be happy go lucky, but at the end of the day, I want to run with people in my circle that are positive that will benefit each other. And I think that that's a big thing for me. And like mm-hmm. for me, honestly, the, the comment section of, of post is is my favorite piece because you can crowdsource ideas there. You can crowdsource answers. You can basically meet so many different people and you can actually create yes. content off of the, the comment mm-hmm. section that maybe you didn't even think of. And so that, that's been really important for me. Absolutely. It's, it's a great answer. And I think especially the comments, right? And, and once you get to a certain point where you have people uh, always uh, commenting on your, on your content, so you start averaging, you know, five comments, 10 comments on your posts, you just know that you can throw uh, things into the feed and you'll get this feedback, right? People will comment, they will share their thoughts. And, and since you posted the original piece, you had something in mind that triggered someone else who's now responding to your thoughts, right? Which means that you're gonna get feedback uh, on the original thought that you had in the post, right? So it's this iterative loop of knowledge being created and shared, and that's beautiful, right? And 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 that's what I meant by people, right? And LinkedIn is, of course, naturally a, a huge um, uh, aspect of, of, of all of this uh, in, in my life as well. Uh, it makes a whole lot of sense. Exactly, exactly. Andreas, I could honestly talk to you for hours, but do you have any final parting words for anyone who wants to start creating their own personal brand? Because this is this is a question that actually I get a couple times a week yeah. from people that are more younger and they just like, I don't know where to start. Yeah. So what, what do you have for people? Yeah, I think that uh, it's key to understand that uh, a personal brand is, is not detached from you before you start. You already have it. Um, you are your own personal brand. I think the question people need to ask themselves is, um, do I want my immediate, uh, you know, physical uh, circle of people that I work with, 10 people or so, do I only want them to know how great I am at something or, uh, or do you want, you know, thousands of people uh, to get to know you and, 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 and listen to your perspective? So that's for me uh, is always, you know, the, the key thing. Like, would you only want 10 people to know what you do and how, how well you do it? Or would you want, uh, you know, an unlimited amount of people uh, to get to know you and what you do? 
And naturally, the last part is the interesting part, right? Because that's where you generate opportunities. Then back to all, everything we talked about regarding being known for one thing and, and thinking about adding value and so forth. Like my key advice to, to people starting out is get out of your own head and get into the feed, right? That's where the magic happens. So get out of your head, get into the feed. I think that's maybe my, my next go-to advice that people should just do that, right? And, and I think that if you're always only scrolling, you're missing out on any given platform. You're consuming, right? You're, keep, you're, you're basically just benefiting uh, the company and the people who are creating, but why not flip it around and become the creator? I think that's a unique opportunity, especially right now as we spend you know, our lives online, unfortunately. So, so I wouldn't want to miss out get into the feed. And also, you know, a, a, a note on that is we all completely control how much we put out there, uh, what we put out there and so forth. So it's not like uh, like playing the roulette or anything like that. You're, you're actually in control of, of how fast and how much you do and so forth. So it will never become uncomfortable. And if it does or it becomes a, you know, it feels like work all of a sudden or something like that, you can just, you know, tone it down or stop completely. Like you said, uh, if, if it bores you at some point or if it becomes a, a hassle, then you can just back down. I mean, that's uh, that's up to us. So I, I would say that's um, that's super interesting. And all you need is your phone, right? That's amazing, right? The thing we all carry in our pockets every day, that's all you need to get thousands of followers and uh, endless opportunities literally spot on it's amazing advice and so i want to i want to end with this where you know andreas thank you for everything where can people go to learn more about you and shield if 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 they want to yeah absolutely so i spend most of my time on linkedin uh, and i just go by my name should be easy to find i i hope i look like i do in in this recording Uh, i think so so that should be an easy way to find me on linkedin for shield specifically uh you can go to shieldapp.ai so that's shieldapp.ai, where you can uh, grab a free trial, get your own LinkedIn uh, metrics, see what it's all uh, about. Um, so those would be, uh, be my two uh, go-to options to get in touch. Perfect. Well, Andreas, thank you again. It was really you know, amazing to have you as the inaugural guest on Rep Your Brand. I appreciate you spending some time with us, and I can't wait to show the world this podcast. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Nick. It's an honor being the first on your show. Thank you for listening to Rep Your Brand. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you learned something new today, it'd be great if you left us a review. We'll catch you next time.